Thank you for tuning in to Adelante with Arlene. Are you the type of person who grows impatient frequently? Has a hard time waiting on long lines? Being stuck in traffic? Trying to catch the bus, subway if you live in a city? Or just being impatient when you're praying to God and you want an answer like yesterday? Well, today. Today I want to talk about the troubles we have with waiting. Let's get started. There was a study, an article I found online, and it stated that, well, because we're such a data-driven people these days, we have a very hard time with the most simplest things, such as a computer lagging, frustration with a TV that doesn't stream the way we want it to stream and as quickly as we want it to stream. Or, even so, with just everything else in life, it has trickled off. We want immediate. The Word of God lets us know that patience is is something we need to have. Actually, it is one of the fruit of the Spirit. There are nine. And we hear this saying that it says patience may be a virtue. Well, that's not biblical, but patience is important to the character of our being. Quick this and quick that. Whenever a computer doesn't work for us and we are trying to pay something and the machine doesn't work or take our money, we then again grow impatient. We have become quite consumed. We have become quite used to this fast way of living. Now, I come from New York City, so I can tell you with the hustle and bustle. I lived all my life rushing. I don't think there was a day I didn't rush. Everything had to be scheduled. I had to be at the bus stop at a certain time, way before the time of my having to be at work so that I can get there on time. I was constantly looking at my watch, constantly rushing, constantly feeling like I was unable to catch my breath. At work, the pressures from work, be it then, no real use of computers. I know I'm aging myself, but there was a time that there were no computers. <laughs> That's right. It sounds crazy, right? Everything was dependent upon your speed, how quick you can accomplish something with all the other things in the job. As I did work for a few years, in doctors, offices, and prestigious practices in New York City, being the administrative assistant one-to-one -one with doctors caused a lot of stress. But I also, for many years prior to going back to the work field when I became a Christian later in my early 30s, very early in my life, I was a recording artist and a recording artist with records on radio in and out of New York and rush, rush to the airports, rush, rush here and rush, rush there. No cell phones. No way to let people know we were going to be late if we were in a limousine and we were caught in traffic of some reason. Nope, none of the above. We were always rushing. And therefore, I grew up to be very impatient. Impatient about everything. It had to be now, now, now. 96% of Americans will normally consume extreme hot food or drinks that burn their mouth. And 63% do so frequently. That's an article I read. More than half hang up the phone when they're on hold one minute or less. My husband's one of those. I have learned uh, to just put it on speakerphone and uh, sit down and just wait. And sometimes, well, it takes at least here in Florida, maybe 30 minutes. And if you're lucky, it'll be sooner for you to get in touch with the doctor's office. Oh, yes. Only to be sent to voicemail. Impatience. We are impatient people. 
71% frequently exceed the speed limit to get to their destination faster. That's one that irritates me. Now, I know I don't drive, but the one thing I say is putting others in yourself in danger and others in danger is a reckless thing. Speeding is not something that is good. It never turns out well, and it won't for you or for someone else. So I suggest that we restrain ourselves and learn how to be people who have to accommodate ourselves to certain circumstances that are not in our control. For one, I got up as early as I could, five o'clock in the morning, for a job that I started at nine when I lived in New York City. But I had to give myself the time to get ready, to pack the lunch. Oh yeah, the one I left in the fridge for the day. There was so much you do when you live in a city to make sure my bag, that I had everything I needed. I lived in an apartment building that had five floors and there was no elevator. So if I forgot anything, that was going to cost me some time to walk all the way up back those stairs and oof, out of breath, go right back down again. Now, if it was a really hot summer day, I would have been drenched in sweat as I was when I came home from work going up those stairs. And if it was a wintry cold day, I was still going to be drenched in sweat because I was all covered up with scarves and hats and gloves and all you could think of to keep myself warm outside. And it caused me a lot of stress. So I would have to put a note on the door to give a check off list, make sure I didn't forget something. But all in all, traveling, being at that bus stop at the right time, I had no control over traffic. And the bus was stuck in traffic on the highway in New York City. I would get so stressed, so stressed, so stressed, so stressed. Oh, I would just, it was just horrible. And one day I just got fed up. Now that was after a long time, per se, maybe two years of working at that place. I got so stressed, I realized that I was looking at my watch constantly. And I decided to stop wearing a watch. You say, oh, we have it on the phone. For a long time, there were no cell phones. So... I just had to not look at my watch because the truth is there was nothing I could do that could rush time. I had to learn to be patient and do the best I could. Get up early, prepare myself early, but there was not much more I could do. You know that Americans will binge watch an average of seven TV episodes in a single sitting? And that nearly a third of respondents age 18 to 24 wait less than one second before bypassing a slow walker. This is all in an article I got online. And boy, is it true. Living in New York, people would hustle, bustle, bump into you, be looking down with their phones. Woo I was one of those that I would never walk in the middle of the sidewalk. I would go either through the right side or the left side. And preferably the side closer to stores and less closer to the streets because that's how crazy it is out everywhere in any city. And I can tell you that if people uh, were visiting from other states and they were walking extremely slow, you better believe we were, I was walking around them so that I can get to work at the proper time. Nowadays, we can just tap our card at the store and boom, the receipt comes out. Do you know that I've gotten impatient? Because some stores, you tap your card and self-check and that comes out so fast, that receipt. But then there are other times that I go to another store and I have no idea why their self-checkout, their printout of the receipt is so slow. And I'm always saying, come on, come on, why is it so slow? So you see, being patient 
learning to wait is an ongoing thing. It's not something that I can tell you that you can overcome it all in all circumstances. Now, because I have adjusted myself to being more patient about things, I recognize when I'm starting to be impatient and I catch myself and step back for one second and evaluate, why am I being so impatient? Most of us don't like waiting. We especially don't like waiting on God. Of all the commands of scripture, perhaps this is the hardest to obey, waiting on the Lord. Do you know that waiting on the Lord is an act of faith? That's right. And it's not always passive, not at all. It doesn't mean we sit there and wait for a job to come. My first years here in Florida, when my husband and I relocated, which is now nine years ago, for a good five years, I had not found a permanent job. I had a lot of skills, a lot of opportunities with very little pay. I did some temporary work, but still I had not found that job. And while I was waiting on God and growing impatient, I can tell you this, I still continue to pray, continue to wait, and I continue to trust even when I didn't understand. I was not passive in the manner that I was throwing out my resumes, putting out the word that I was looking for a job. Word of God reminds us in Psalms 37, 34, wait for the Lord and keep his way. What does that mean? If we wait on the Lord and continue to keep his way, prayerfully seeking him, prayerfully allowing his Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us and show us the way, we will then make wiser decisions and learn to live less impulsively and start acquiring some patience. Number two, waiting is to be hopeful. Now, when we wait, sometimes there are those moments of feeling sad, depressed, alone. And I'm not using that word lightly, depressed. I literally was depressed. I was depressed because I didn't understand why I had all this time in my hands and I was using it the best I could, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. And at times I lost hope. But I remembered his word and I continued to push forward with his word. Psalm 130 verse 5 reminds us, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. If today you're feeling discouraged, I want you to have hope. Hope that waiting on the Lord will always be the best thing. And that when you grow impatient out there and you're in the car and you're trying to get somewhere, this the best you can do is to wait when you must wait and, and to go forward carefully and safely when you can. Word of God says, if you love me, you will obey me. Scripture teaches us to wait on the Lord for guidance, like Psalm 25, 5, for deliverance, Psalms 33, 20, for answer to prayer, Psalm 38, 15, for strength, Isaiah 40, 31, for fresh assurance of God's pardon and forgiveness, Psalms 135. Go look those up. Pray. Pray and wait on his promises. Word of God in Psalm 27, 14 states, wait for the Lord, be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. 
In the Bible, we read of many who grew impatient, many whom uh, did not wait on the Lord, who acted impulsively, and there are always consequences to our actions. We need to remember that when we wait, we learn to be in the right place at the right time. We have those kind of moments. That key is one that I want you to remember. When we are waiting on God, we can find those right places, the right time and the right moments. We can see where God is presently working through us. We can see where we were and how God is now making it evident to us what he's already done in our lives. We reflect upon all those times that we might have been impatient and the results of the impatience. And we wanted to take two steps back forward while we were really taking two steps back. And we learn. We hopefully learn. We then learn to see when we wait on God, where God is moving us and what a blessing it is. And we can clearly see where we need to be. There will always be consequences of our actions, the consequences of not waiting. Sometimes is that it's a delayed blessing and missed opportunities that can lead us to sin. Our impatience or not waiting on God, not prayerfully seeking God for big changes in our lives or even small ones can call us, cause us a lot of consequences. For one, let me give you a simple one. If we are people who see something and we're shoppers and we like something and we just continue to put our minds, I got to get that bigger TV. I got to get that bigger TV. I got to get those beautiful pairs of shoes. If we set our minds on these things constantly, I assure you, we will take the money, we will find the money, and we will go purchase those things impulsively. And later on, trying to find out how in the world, if we take it on credit, are we going to pay for this? How in the world are we going to adjust instead of not being so impulsive? Something as simple as that has consequences. Seriously, has consequences. It may mess you up in another bill. It may mess you up and add more to your bills that you needed to have. Something as, as serious as waiting on God for your mate can cause us, if you don't wait and we become impatient, we can become a person who settles, who settles in life because we think that we're getting too old and therefore, why is it that we haven't met our mate? I know this because I married at 49. I finally learned to wait. But during the interim of that waiting, I made my mistakes. And there were severe repercussions and consequences to my heart, to my spiritual walk with God. But I thank the Lord that God never left me and he will never leave you nor forsake me. He never condemned me. But there were consequences. There was things I needed to do to put myself back in line with God. And one of them was to break off a relationship that was not pleasing to God. My impatience later in, the, in my walk, yes, while being in the Lord for, at that time, about 17 years. It's going to be over 30 now. During that time, I decided to take matters into my own hands. I got impatient, impatient, not wanting to wait on God. And it delayed my blessing. And there might have been a lot of missed opportunities for my disobedience. The benefit of waiting on God is that we demonstrate that we trust him. We trust him, his providence, and we can find peace and rest in him. Now, there's some examples of people that did not wait. Instead of waiting on God and seeking his guidance, David allowed his desires, his impatience to lead him astray. Do you know that David committed adultery? He watched 
Bathsheba and later arranged for Uriah's death, which was her husband in battle, which he was the commander in chief over, to try to cover up his sin. Impatience will, and not waiting on God, will have its consequences. Some may be felt as less severe than others, but all in all, there will be consequences. Now, do you want to avoid those negative consequences? I can tell you right now, you should. Because what comes with the not waiting part and trusting God, I tell you, is a lot of pain. A lot of pain. But there is hope. Because even if you're young and you're listening to this right now, you may be saying to yourself, I have to live life and live it to the fullest. I assure you the Bible says that you can live life and live it to the fullest, but only if it lines up with him, will it be the best results. And I can assure you that he loves you. And if you don't know him today, give your heart to him. And he loves you so much that no matter what we've done, if we repent and turn from our ways, our wicked ways and our ways and our disobedient ways, he will never turn his back on us. But there will always be a consequence to our own actions, whether it'll be good or whether it'll be bad. So David's consequence, he was impulsive. His actions were severe. And then the child that he then conceived from the affair with this married woman, Bathsheba, well, the child died. And there was a ripple effect for David's kingdom and family. And it was felt because of his sin from years on. Yeah, we've heard the sins of the father become the sins of the children. But I can tell you this, we don't have to live our lives according to the way that we might have been brought up negatively and unhealthy. We do have a way out. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. My father and my mother did the best they could. And in so many areas, they did fabulously. And as humans, in many other areas, they failed. My father was an alcoholic and a verbally abusive man. My mom did the best she could. She endured and continued to endure all the way till about two years ago until he went into a home. She endured his verbal abuse all those years, 50 plus more years. And it affected my way of thinking before I came to the Lord. It took years as I sat before the Lord, as I prayed, as I continued to move closer to him and read his word, that I realized that there were so many areas in my life that I did not have to live the same life as my parents did, the negative things I'm saying. And just take the good things and the benefits of having them as parents and have that in my life instead. And you have that opportunity too. While we have a lot of imprints on us from our parents, a lot of similarities. There are those negative similarities that I still see pop up at times for me. And through therapy, yes, at the age now of 59, be 60 at the end of this year, I can tell you this. I still work out some things that I hadn't worked out, but that's okay. I work it out with God and a Christian therapist. And for you, I would say there is help out there. You can have a therapist help you. It's never too late. This is something I've been doing since I came to Christ on and off. 
And I came to Christ probably about 29, 29, 30. Remember this key point, God's grace, that despite of David's grave mistakes, he repented, he sought God's forgiveness, he acknowledged his sins, and he relied on God, God's mercy and grace. David is just one of many stories, and he, he reminds us the dangers of being impatient, of not waiting on God, of being impulsive, of leading by our flesh, our lust, our desires, instead of like filtering them through the power of God and waiting on God instead. So Arlene, you started talking about impatience, and now you're talking about God. Yeah, because without God, I cannot have patience. You see, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. As I told you, the Word of God states that. It's one of the nine. And patience is something that just brings rest, peace, joy into our lives. I think that we have found it and been uh, accustomed to thinking that waiting is something that's bad. But it isn't always. There are many people that felt the prompting from the Lord maybe not to go to a certain destination at a certain time. And a light, a red light, might have stopped them from rushing and they avoided an accident. There are many people that are not in the Lord. They might have felt a, 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 a feeling, as they call it, intuition, some gut feeling, that maybe they shouldn't have taken a job because it just didn't feel like the right job for them, but they didn't understand why because they needed a job so bad. And they didn't take the job, and it was the best thing they did. Let me let you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, the very beginning, maybe a month after, I had the opportunity to have a job from home, and I had been praying for a job from home. All right, so I started training, and I can tell you though the first two weeks of hell from home. The company is a prestigious company, a well-known company I will not mention, a company in which is supposed to have such a great reputation, a company which is say, they say are accustomed to having people work from home, but yet it caused me so much issues in just two weeks. Two weeks, I took the job because it was a necessity, but it caused me so much. Now, am I saying I didn't wait on God? Maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't know I had to. I just did it. But God's mercy and grace saw me through. So I started, I left the job, and because of some issues, and, and they blamed me for some things, and I was still on training, and I had not even worked with the public yet, it was horrible. The trainer was a brand new trainer and he had to be working online live with 350 people at one time. They didn't have sufficient people to answer questions. That feed would go so fast. It was just a nightmare. I cried. I felt like a failure. What did I do wrong? Had I chosen the wrong job? But God gave me rest. And I continued to apply and more jobs from home were appearing during this pandemic. I then found myself almost taking a job that deep in my gut I didn't feel that I wanted to take from home. And I was so close to taking that job when another job that I had applied to a month prior finally answered and said that they wanted to start training me. If that, if I had not declined that job, I might have just been in, stuck. I had, I was, I declined it later after I had received this other one, but I had not started training. And God, that was a great save, even though I could have quit that other job. 
And I took this job that I have now going on two years working from home because it felt like this was definitely the job I needed to do. Now, just because I was working from home, did it make it easy? Did it make it easy? No, it did not. I had a fabulous supervisor, fabulous supervisor. And six months after she just gets promoted and I lose that supervisor, I get another supervisor, not anybody I got along with. Buttheads, buttheads, buttheads. The job became stressful. I started questioning myself. I just didn't know what to do. I literally had two uh, panic attacks. I just didn't know. I didn't know. I wasn't succeeding now with this new supervisor working from home, stressed out. Oh my God, I was getting sick in those, you know, working from home physically. I had ailments. I had to have surgery. So much things happened to me. And my husband said to me, well, if it's going to make you sick, just leave the job. And I said, no, I need to wait on God. I had learned a lesson on waiting on God, didn't I? And little did I think I had. I waited on God. And I said, I will press through God until you show me the way and where I must go next. Well, shortly after, felt like a longer time. Maybe during that time of that not getting along with the new supervisor, might have been seven months. But shortly after, I said those words. The supervisor then said she had been promoted to a different department. And then my team would be breaking up. So I thought I was going to have that same job I had, which I so no longer liked. But instead, I got put into a new department with a new supervisor, with a new team, with a new job in the same company, which I happened to like very much. Now, during the times of illness, I was trying with that old supervisor to get myself to keep the times that I had getting out early on Fridays as a necessity for either uh, physical therapy or anything I needed with doctor's appointments. And somehow she couldn't get that resolved for me. But when I got the new supervisor and I waited on God in less than a week, I got it. I was able to start work earlier and I was able to keep my Fridays and get out at one. Waiting on God is important. Waiting on God brings the best results, the best benefits, and the least consequences. Don't forget, wait, pray. Lamentations 3.25 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. I'll close with this. In the Bible, the book of Ruth, you read of a woman who was not an Israelite. She was from Moab. Ruth and Orpah had married the sons of Naomi, which was an Israelite. Now, all the husbands, the one of Naomi, the mother-in-law, Ruth, the daughter-in-law, and Orpah had died. And these daughter-in-laws of Naomi, the Israelite, still young. Naomi, she urged them to go back to their own families. And the sister-in-law, daughter-in-law, Orpah, did so. But Ruth, Ruth remained. She remained in a country that was foreign, but not foreign to her mother-in-law or her deceased husband. Due to Ruth's obedience, she said that she would make Naomi's God her God. And wherever she would be, so should, 
so would Naomi be. She was already trusting that God would make it work. How, she had no idea, but she allowed the God of Naomi to become her God and her guidance. She was positioning herself without knowing for that right time. How do we get to that right time and that right place? It's not just luck, my brothers and sisters, my friends. It isn't something we can manipulate on our own. It isn't luck. Because if we try to manipulate things, something that I used to do as a young girl all the time, try to put ourselves in the right place at the right time, and we try to manipulate it, it's going to fail, 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 fail. You know how we find those right places in the right time and the right moment? Is when we allow God to be the one guiding us, when we trust and wait on him. That's where we can see our blessings. I can tell you this to fast forward. Go read the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. Ruth positioned herself for her Kinsley Redeemer. Jesus is our Kinsley Redeemer. Not to say that Boaz was Jesus, not to say that he was God, not to say that, but to tell you that he is the one who saved Naomi and Ruth. Ruth positioned herself by working in the fields. Fields and Boaz found out that this was kin that Naomi was kin, was family, the mother-in-law of Ruth. And therefore, he who owned the land said, leave the leftovers after, the, after she works and whatever is left, let's say, of the, of the grain. You leave it for her to take with them home. So they would have more. They would have to, to be taken care of food-wise. She positioned herself in the right place at the right time, led by God. No, she didn't stay home and say, oh, we're going to make it. She took a job. God blessed her for her obedience. God found favor. Eventually, Boaz married Ruth. And now Naomi and Ruth were taken care of. Don't act impulsively. Wait on God. If the bus didn't get there on time, what can you do? If you're able to take a taxi and you live in a city, okay, you got that money, jump on the taxi. Not a big deal. If you need to get up a little earlier and it can be, then get up a little earlier and prepare yourself. If you're caught on a red light and you only have a few seconds to get to your place, isn't it better to wait at that red light than endanger the life of yourself or another? Or get a ticket. If you are waiting on a mate, don't do what I did prior to meeting my husband. And tell God you got this. And take matters unto your own hands and manipulate the situation and only hurt yourself more. It's not worth it. When I finally let go of my own will and my own way in that area, then came my blessing, which is the husband I have now for 10 years. I know I'm telling you a lot of don'ts. You really can do what you want, but I'm only suggesting these things. Wait on God. If you're waiting for that job, wait on his timing. Wait on his timing. If you think you're being overlooked, David thought it looked like he was being overlooked. David was tending to the sheep. He was a shepherd. He was the youngest. And they were looking for a warrior to go against a, a Goliath. This is not a, a myth. There was a real Goliath and a real David. And he was the not considered. He wasn't considered. 
But his brothers were considered, and guess what? They could not go against, no matter how large they were, they could not go against the Goliath. But David said he would do it, and he would go in the name of the Lord against that Goliath. Do you have any Goliaths in your life? Any, any things that you have to knock down? Wait on God for the right time, and he will prepare you to knock those things down with his help. Wait on God, be of good courage, and know that waiting is not a bad thing. It's a time of preparation, gaining information, prayerfully seeking him, standing on his promises, resting in him while still productively going forward. Thank you for tuning in to Adelante with Arlene. I hope that anything I've said, well, blesses you. Please go out and check out my YouTube where I have video forms and different types of videos on my playlist under Adelante with Arlene. Give me a thumbs up and please subscribe. As for the podcast, I am in many different platforms. I'd appreciate any contribution you can make. Any contribution monetarily would so bless me. Spread the word, share my podcast, and sigue adelante, which means keep moving forward. Until sí. next time. Adelante. Thank you for tuning in to Adelante with Arlene.